This show is sponsored by Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows and your favorite anime anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. So Krim is opening the cup and he peels off the soybeans are in the bottom and he peels off the plastic. I'm mixing it up right now. And this this is actually good natto. This is what's called Mito natto. It's from Mito, which is the capital of Ibaraki Prefecture, which is where we all live. And it is a town famous for really good natto. And that's what this is. It's It really is. Oh, like, God. it's stringy. Oh, it looks like something out of Ghostbusters. And <laughs> it totally does. Looks like Slimer took a shit in the cup. listen to the song Justia from the anime Wizard Baristers by the artist Leah. This is episode 212 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast where our sole mission is to make your anime addiction worse. Thank you for the assist boys. I am Chiaki and as always I'm joined by my two testosterone filled co-hosts. I do have a lot of testosterone in me. Can you smell it? I can smell the testosterone. That's good. My name is Mitsugi, and I am one side of a Chiaki sandwich. Cram here, other side of that sandwich. Woo! I like sandwiches! You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes, especially if you like us, facebook.com forward slash anime addicts anonymous podcast, twitter.com forward slash aaapodcast, or you can search for us at sign aaapodcast. And where we broadcast live every Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. EST, Ustream.tv. But if you can remember, aaapodcast.com, come and say hello, and you can find links to all those other wonderful places to follow us. New forum members, welcome to the forum. Third Luck Charm, Cube Poop, (laughs) (laughs) Crunk King Kazuma, Jerk Panda, Panda Panda 83, Random Hero, Ginger Ninja, and Noir. And we have a lot of good candidates for Name of the Week, boys. I think I'm following Ginger Ninja on uh, on Twitter. If oh, it's really? The same person. I think oh, so. that's fantastic. I'm sorry, Ginger Ninja, but my favorite name of this week is Cube Poop. <laughs> that, that, was, that was definitely up there for me. I'll take, I'll take Ginger Ninja because there's something about that that seems... I mean, maybe they smell like gingerbread cookies and I like gingerbread. I'll go with Panda Panda. 
That was Why also not? up there for me. Yeah. Trivia. A lot of you got it correct. The correct answer was Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad. Those of you who got it were Hangman Swing Set, Rai Kosen, Third Luck Charm, Noir, Aldun, Bobo 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 Bobatsko, Padalite, Shake a Spear, T Akiora 77, Reiji, Chapter 9, Nelly 1876, Icy Rose, Astrophysics, Is No Try, and The Count. But this week's winner, Chapter 9, took it. Congratulations, Chapter 9, and you are in the chat, so well done. Well done indeed. Our current theme is still anime bitches, and we mean dogs. Before you go, <gasps> you said bitch. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. For those of you who would like to submit a mailbag, you can go to our main page, aaapodcast.com, and there is a tab called Mailbag. One of these days, I might just change it just to mess with it's your head. Brain surgery, I tell you. Yeah, you know. I don't know how people figure out how to sub- how to submit mailbags. To be honest. So, who would like to read our first mailbag? Maybe Cram should read this one. Oh, maybe I should. You oh, should. okay. Uh, Paddlehot writes, "Dear Almighty oh, and Shiny Cram." Pika pika. This is to me. Okay. I've watched the show since around episode seventy-four and noticed that the addition of you to the show has added a more academic feel to the reviews and discussions. That's a very nice compliment. Should I be offended? I appreciate that. Maybe you should. <laughs> As someone going to college right now for a degree in film and media studies, hearing you feel similar to the lectures I listen to in class. I was curious if you had some type of degree in media analysis or if you were just that effing awesome. Keep it classy, San Diego. Paddle Can I answer this for you? Sure. It's both. It's the a, answer's both. It's, it's a, a heavy thing. dose of both. Because he is that effing awesome. You know, um, my degree is a lot... It's, it's actually pretty general kind of communications. Uh, but what I studied in school was a, a mix of like... Uh, Radio broadcasting, television broadcasting, live broadcasting, documentary production, uh, film analysis, pop culture analysis. It was all this kind of uh, stuff mixed together. And then a lot of the electives I took, I jumped over to the theater department and um, and ended up taking a lot of classes in like uh, playwriting and directing and uh, and acting for the stage and screen. There was a there was a class on that. So like my I kind of tailored my uh my degree to my interests but the the actual name of the degree that i ended up with is called broadcast media it sounds pretty general and boring which it would have been had i not uh been able to kind of uh, make it the degree i wanted it to be isn't, isn't it funny that the show moves to japan and we find somebody in a two block radius that's yeah. like perfect for us you're perfect thank you thank you Paddleite. that was a really nice compliment i appreciate that okay so Second mailbag? I'll read, this. I'll read this one. So, Icy Rose writes, What do you think contributes more to a successful anime? A well-written story or a well-developed cast with interesting interactions between them? Perhaps compare and contrast between a show that, that had a good story but underdeveloped cast and one that not much happened in terms of overarching story but the character dynamics were more of a focal point. I think um, I've talked about this before, but I definitely think having a very good cast is essential. Even if you have the most interesting story in the world, if people don't care at all about your characters, it's going to fall flat. Not to say, I mean, you should have both. A good story has both. It has a good story and good characters. But but I think having a bad cast is more of a death knell. I don't know if I can really answer this question. I mean, I think that both are really important. I would agree with this. I mean, I think that there are... 
certain anime that can function just with just with strong characters because that's what the show is you know like many slice of life shows or I mean as much as I don't love K-On I didn't hate it I didn't hate the original show and it's basically you know a good example of the latter a show that has a good cast of characters that didn't have much of a story so and there's like Recently, there's there's probably more character-driven shows and story-driven shows, but um, yeah, I think they're both inc- incredibly important. I find the I find the best stories tend to be character-driven. Yeah. Though, so, I, I think they're both equally important. But then you know you you've got things like kind of stepping outside of anime. You've got things like the Lord of the Rings that are I've always thought pretty weak uh, on the character side of things and very much driven by kind of the world that it's set in and the events taking place around the characters. And you mean um, that. 100th tree that Tolkien describes in the forest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Tolkien, brilliant but boring. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, um, a very recent show that has what I would call a reasonably good story, but has a very flat cast of characters would be the, the love song of the, of the pilot. The pilot's love song from this, mm-hmm. from this recent season. Mm-hmm. It's, um, has, has a somewhat intriguing story, but the characters are just dry as toast. It's not... I, th- nothing. I think to push myself for an answer to the question, of course, everyone's going to say we want both. But for me, if I had to only pick one, I would rather a show that has amazing characters that maybe don't do much as far as story than a show that has an amazing story but has characters that I just could kill or or don't care about at all. So, yeah. so we had some interesting news pop up this week. We, we did. certainly did. And, and some of it will be covered in the news breaks, but it's, it's worth a, saying it's something very, about. It's very timely. So everybody knows that last week I did a review on the anime or an impression on the show Saikin Imoto no Yosu ga Choto Kashindaga. Or Ghost Rape and P the anime. Or Ghost Rape and P the anime. Do they have a shortened version of that title yet? Is it like Sai Sai um, Sai Imo or something like that? I don't I don't believe so, but the English Sayoka. the English translation is recently My Sister is Unusual. Mm. So you could just call it My Sister is Unusual okay. if you want. But apparently it's being invested... Well, first of all, it got moved to a later time slot. Yeah, the the TV... Again, it's in the news break, but the TV channels basically were receiving a lot of complaints. So it yeah, got moved... Yeah, well, no kidding. It got moved from, I think it was like 10 to like 2 a.m. I mean, yeah. at, 10 a, at 10 p.m., there's still like... I mean, according to my elementary schoolers, there's still elementary school kids awake at 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think their parents want them watching ghosts raping other well, even, people. Well, even the complaints, they centered around like high school and junior high school students even. It was the, parents yeah, saying the that, article, yeah, yeah, yeah. The article points to middle schoolers and, and high school students as the ones whose parents complained. Yeah. Well. And, and specifically about the masturbation references in the show. And, well, there's plenty of those. And... So. So it was moved to a later time slot, but also it's being investigated by, what is the name of this organization? The BPO? BPO. What does that stand for? Do you know what the acronym stands for? Yeah, it's the uh, Broadcast Ethics and Program Improvement Organization, I think. So it's being it's it's being investigated as being indecent and, inc- and including incest themes, well, which dude. it certainly does. And, um, you know, they're... This article on Japan, from Japan Today discusses a number of things, including how the animation studios are sort of having a hard time recently with sales because people just aren't willing to plunk down the kind of money they, they, they were before. And now having things like this don't really help anime. Yeah. The, the reputation that some anime would have. And it's, you know, it's, not a, it's not a good thing when, when you have a show that sort of overshadows the entire industry in a negative way. And for people that sort of have that... Oh, anime is just porn and you know filth. 
you know, you hear you hear people say that to each other, and this is an anime that kind of proliferates that that stereotype. Sure, but I mean, it, it exists in a you know a money driven market that is uh, basically supported by people who like shows like this. And the reason these shows continue to get made is because people continue to spend money on them. And it's a very specific group of people, but I can see how the people who are outside of those groups or, you know, way, not even fringe, but way, way outside those groups could complain about a show like this. And that's the BPO's whole, um, I guess, manifesto is to uh, support ethical broadcasting while also supporting free speech rights and things like that. They're kind of the... The they ethics walk side, the of, line. yeah, they're kind of like the FCC, or at least the ethics side of the FCC, not the technical side. Here's a statement from the BPO in this article. It says, despite the fact that 10 p.m. is not an unusual time for middle and high school students to be watching television, the program contains explicit sexual situations, such as a high school girl talking about masturbating. Talking about? Well, that's what it says. Recently, <laughs> does it, more does than it? talking. <laughs> yeah, and that and that was from the committee's chairman. Well, 10 o'clock is also not an unusual time for uh, late, you know, considered to be more adult content, late night anime shows to be put on. Like, that's a pretty common time slot for that. Yeah, well, anime has been being pushed later and later because yeah. less yeah. people are watching it. That's true. So, but I just hate to see this happen. You know, and frankly, you know, you might say that they make they, they make the anime the way it is because they want to sell figures and things. But this is an anime that I could see just vanishing. I mean, I mean, a lot of these B- shows do. But. If the BPO decides that this anime is not suitable for television and they decide to clamp down, it may not finish its run. You know, on so. one side, though, as as much as we've talked about, you know, the reputation that this can give anime and things like that, I almost think it's it's good that the BPO is hammering down on it because, in a way, it's almost bringing a good light to this mm-hmm. by saying, this is not what should be happening. This is not okay. This is not good content to be putting out there and i feel like maybe maybe it's supporting maybe the an- an- antithesis the anti-idea of anime's porn or japan is just incest in mm-hmm. anime porn and so so i definitely think that maybe there's something good and and maybe we'll see it change you know <laughs> mitsuki says something like this could very well disappear and i think that it could very well disappear from the mainstream of anime fandom and culture but you know where it's going to end up if it does find any success is with those you know thousand people that'll spend 300 bucks on a box set when the series is finished and that's who it was made for in the first place yeah so there is a um they the, the statement from from the tv broad from the from the studio that the channel that broadcast the the anime said that they are moving it from 10 p.m. To, for the next episode is going to be at 10.30, but then starting in February, they are going to be moving it to their 1 a.m., 1.30 a.m. slot. So I, I kind of wonder, I mean, the anime doesn't seem that much worse than some prior things we've had, like it doesn't. It's, it's, Isn't it weird, though? Isn't I, it weird that, like, this is the one that they choose to... I mean, there have been other animes that have been just as suggestive. I mean, I didn't see... Which one of you watched High School DxD? <laughs> Not None me. Of us? That, that, that has a lot of titillating types of stuff in it i mean there was dance in the vampire bund i never heard i mean there was some stink about that anime but but maybe this is as they say the, the straw that breaks the camel's yeah, back perhaps. i mean we don't we don't know if if those shows were also receiving complaints well, and they were just kind of pushing dance them off in the vampire or... bund definitely was but well it was I, in america but was it in japan i don't i remember it, it had a lot of pushback in america but well, i don't know if it had any in japan or not i mean it might have i'm literally mean i don't know Anyway, there's a bunch of shows that are that have similar types of goals in mind that haven't received as much com- as many complaints. But 
I mean, the worst thing that could happen is that the show gets taken off the air altogether and then free speech activists in Japan uh, have a very, very polite demonstration. <laughs> and they're very polite. And you know what? This anime is not really very good, so if it disappears, who really cares? I mean, honestly. I know maybe th- I know that there's a deeper importance behind it, like free speech and everything, but it's a shitty, it's a shitty anime anyway. Yeah. So no, for sure. People shouldn't be worrying about it. Okay, so. All right, on to anime that yeah. isn't shitty, though. Uh, we have our voting for our anime Oscars is now open. There's a banner on the main page, or you can go to animeoscars.aaapodcast.com. We have it set to allow one vote per IP and whatnot. So hopefully yeah. everyone is is playing nicely. So I posted uh, a link in the chat. I hope I expect everyone to vote. And I want to give a special thanks to our AAA Academy of Podcasters yes. for the nominations, which were... Anime 3000, um, Anivision, Ichigo, specifically from Anime Pulse, the unofficial One Piece podcast, and Gundam at MAHQ, all contributed nominations. And, and they definitely helped round out our list. Mm-hmm. Friends of the show, thank and, you very much. And, Appreciate it. And, and I thought it was interesting that all three of the anime podcasts that were nominated for podcast awards, that being Anime Pulse, One Piece podcast, and ourselves, all contributed nominations to the quote-unquote anime Oscars. So I thought that was kind of uh, that, that was kind of fun. One thing uh, also worth noting is, and you'll see it, but each of the categories has an abstain, abstain option. Yeah. And and I hope that people do use, use that yeah. because if you haven't seen enough of the shows, like if you've only seen one of them, then maybe you should. Don't be ashamed. Don't be I ashamed mean, of it. Don't be ashamed. When I voted, there were there were sections where I abstained. I abstained from Mecca. I so, didn't see any yeah. of those. Speaking of, the categories are original series or series with no prior source material, action adventure, romance, drama slice of life, comedy, mecha, actress, but not voice actress. Think yeah. of it as a best female character. If if the characters were real people acting in the roles. Actor, again, not voice, best score, animation, which we include style and quality. So not yeah. just the quality of the animation, but the overall look and feel of the show. The worst of 2013, or our Pooper Scooper Award, which is getting a lot of conversation <laughs> on the web, on the on the website right now, and of course the overall best of 2013. Yeah. So, that's so. Please go vote at www.animeoscars.aaapodcast.com. It doesn't take too long. It's a very nice looking page, and it'll make it more fun for you when you when you listen to our Anime Oscars Award Show, which will be on. I believe we decided March first, so which is one day before the actual Oscars. So, anyway, so that's that. Well, as you guys know, we are actually in Japan right now, yes, and we are. because we're in Japan, we can do a lot of fun things for you that we couldn't really do that well I, otherwise. And one of those things, uh, Mitsugi brought back yes, from I his did. Kyushoku, and so. Kyushoku is school lunches, and yep. the thing that he was given was none other than natto. Yeah, so with my kyushoku, for the first time ever, I was faced with a very hard challenge, and that was to eat natto, which is unbelievably disgusting. I, I, I had it when we were at Spa World in, in Osaka, and... I had was, it. For those of you who don't know what natto is, it's fermented soybeans. Yeah, it's yes. fermented soybeans that look like they've been... that When you eat it, it looks like you're eating, like, snot. snot. It's really, really awful. The texture alone is enough to make you not want to eat it, but in addition to the texture, it also has a very foul smell. So Krim is opening the cup, and he peels yeah. off, oh. the soybeans are in the bottom, yep. and he peels and off he the groans. plastic. 
So basically, when you eat natto, you'll often put it over rice. So I was kind enough to actually cook, cram a bowl of rice from my rice cooker. Thank you, Mitsugi. You are so welcome. <laughs> oh, rice is so smell. expensive. I, I just want to be clear with everyone also. I have had natto multiple times. I've had very good natto. I've had cheap natto. I've had... My host family, when I lived that with them in Osaka, my host brother actually loved natto. Oh, God. So, and he ate it every morning for breakfast. So... I've had lots of natto, and no matter how many years pass, I still, I'm, I'll, I'll, t- I'll try a bite today for everybody. But you streamer, but you streamer in the chat says high in protein though, also high in estrogen because it's soy. So, so I'm, I'm mixing it up right now, and this this is actually good natto. This is what's called mito natto. It's from Mito, which is the capital of Ibaraki Prefecture, which is where we all live, and it is a town famous for really good natto, and that's what this is. So Cram has. Opened up the package and put the different types of flavor, I guess maybe the spices that came with it, into the into the mixture. And he's mixing it up inside the little cup. Getting all that snot to activate and, and really we'll airy. No doubt be dumping Oh, the, God, just the texture of it. You guys can see it on the chat. It's so oopy goopy. It's it really is oh, like God. it's stringy. Oh, it looks like something out of Ghostbusters. And <laughs> it totally <laughs> looks like Slimer took a shit in the cup. <laughs> Maybe uh, really maybe they actually use it in movies as a as a prop thing. So he's well, gonna dump it out onto onto the, the rice. rice and have a bite. That was that was a perfectly good bowl of rice gone to waste. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> dumping, dumping, so, dumping. Cram was the bravest one of us. So bad. <laughs> it smells like doo-doo. <laughs> I'm glad that it's over there oh by you, God, Cram, and, can, and not here by it's, me. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming, Mitsugi. All right, I gotta put the spicy mustard on, and then uh, and then we'll do oh, this. God. Uh, Bad decisions, folks. <laughs> well, oh God! It's a service for the Here people comes. that are listening. So, people and the people watching live are gonna now watch Cram eat this. Okay. Maybe <laughs> just maybe just one bite, and then we're okay. gonna go to a news break. All right. Here goes. <laughs> oh, does oh. not string. Oh. Oh. oh, he's gonna. Are you gonna throw up? No. No, it's. <laughs> are you gonna? Ha- are you hanging in there? Oh Jesus. <laughs> Do you want me to take a bite? I'm gonna take another bite. Are you going for it? Yeah. So when, <laughs> so so, so when people so when people make jokes about natto <laughs> and stuff in anime, up. everybody who watches anime, natto goof is stuck in his beard. Here, here, here! I don't want that. Every, every, Done. Everybody who watches anime, oh, I can't. I can't. I just look. I can't. Right, we'll put it. Put it someplace else. You can. Oh gee. Oh right guys, there, no. Everybody who watches <laughs> anime knows that they make they, that they make natto jokes all the time, and natto really is actually a foul thing. Oh. So it is a superfood, though. It's, it's extremely good for you. God, yeah, except it's full of estrogen. The smell is gonna make me. Just, okay. Uh. So we're going to take a short news break. Over the news break, we're going to have a poll. If Cram was at a naked sushi restaurant, from what part of his body would you like to eat sushi? His bald head, his broad chest, his dainty feet, his deep belly button, or sausage? Sausage! (laughs) When when we come back, we're going to talk about anime movies, and then we have a ton of impressions to do, so don't go anywhere, okay? This is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. 
First up, it's getting to that time of year again, convention season. And as conventions are gearing up for their guests, we'll be letting you know what conventions in America are worthwhile going to. Most recently announced is the North Carolina Anime Convention and Amazement has recently announced that it will host three animators from Japan's Studio Trigger. Studio Trigger did most recently anime like Little Witch Academia, Kill la Kill, and Inferno Cop. The convention is May 23rd to the 25th. Director Yo Yoshinari, art director Yuji Kaneko, and animator Takafumi Hodi will attend the convention, which takes place in Raleigh at the Raleigh Convention Center. In other news, for those of you who are interested in the live-action Kiki's Delivery Service adaptation, the Mayanichi Shinbun's Montan Web has begun streaming a second trailer for the live-action film adaptation of the fantasy novel series Kiki's Delivery Service, or Majo no Takubun. The trailer can be found on YouTube, of course, with Kana, and it previews, again, the theme song Wake Me Up. It also shows the first footage of Kiki's black cat, Gigi, which is played by Kaon's Minako Kotobuki. Now, I personally think that the CG Gigi looks, well, mm, leaves something to be desired, but why don't you check out the trailer yourself and see what you think. In other news, this year's ninth issue of the Akita Shoten's Weekly Shonen Champion has announced that Saint Seiya Legend of the Sanctuary CG film will open in theaters in Japan on June 21st. The film will adapt the popular sanctuary arc from the Masami Kurumada's original Saint Seiya mythological fantasy manga. In other news, this is, well, kind of interesting, relating to what we have previously discussed about on the podcast last week, an impression on the anime that I have lovingly called Ghost Rape and P the anime, or, well, the official title in English is Recently My Sister is Unusual, has gotten a new time slot in Japan. It moved from Saturdays at 10.30 p.m. on Tokyo MX TV and Sun TV to 1.30 a.m. on Tokyo MX and 2 a.m. on Sun TV. This is as a result of the Broadcasting Ethics and Program Improvement Organization receiving a lot of reports and complaints regarding the anime's content. So it seems that the shocking content is not resonating well with a lot of people here in Japan, and as a result, the show has gotten a much later time slot. In other news, for those of you who are Vocaloid fans, Sega has recently begun streaming a music video for the opening theme song, Decorator by Live Tune for its Hatsune Miku Project Diva F second rhythm game this past week. A clip of the music video was previously featured in the game song introduction video. Director will be released as a single on March 5th. You can find the video on YouTube. This was Shiaki and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Cram, what's up? I got in a tiff with the wife. Oh, man. What did you do? Why is it my fault? <laughs> anyway, she was playing Lego Harry Potter, but I wanted to watch anime on the PlayStation. You can watch anime on your PlayStation? With with what? With Hulu Plus. You've probably tried Hulu.com. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and movies in the living room or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite TV shows like Attack on Titan, Naruto Shippuden, One Piece, Red Data Girl, and more. Watch every episode of shows like Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, Sword Art Online, 
Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and more. You can also check out exclusive content including Hulu originals like The Wrong Mans and Behind the Mask, Hulu's new docuseries that takes you inside the world of sports mascots. You'll also get access to a collection of ad-free movies and kids content. For only $7.99 a month, catch up on current shows, binge on old favorites, or catch a great movie. Stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash anime. That's a special offer for our listeners. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com forward slash anime so you get the extended free trial and they know that we sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime right now for your extended two-week free trial. And we're back to the 212th anime episode of the anime addicts anonymous podcast keep in making your keeping making we keep making your anime addiction worse that's what we do all day all day long making it worse all day every day like a rash in a very sensitive place Ooh, snap so uh mitsugi do you have the results i do have the results from the poll indeed so again the poll question was if cram was at a naked body sushi restaurant what part of his body would you eat sushi from? And the result that has won the poll overwhelmingly with 57% of the vote is his bald head. Mm. So um, which, It's not quite as bald right now because it's winter, but yeah. when it starts warming up, I'll shave it again. But I, I want to say that his broad chest came in second with uh, 22%. Right on. And Sausage actually did receive some votes. So somebody would like to eat... Wow. Sushi from your sausage. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. tweet at me. <laughs> oh, snap. Hey, hey, call me maybe. <laughs> okay. So I have I have since disposed of the natto and it's hor- in all of its horrible glory that it is. The, the room is slowly releasing the smell. <laughs> so what are we talking about in this topic, Chiaki? Well, we're going to be talking about anime movies. And I think we maybe all or at least some of us had a different different approach to this topic and we can just keep it free form I think but one of the things that I think we all agreed on is we're not going to talk about Shinkai Ghibli or Satoshi Kon we'll get it out of the way Shinkai Ghibli and Satoshi Kon make some of the best anime movies out there and Hosoda can we can we just throw Hosoda in there sure yeah. why not so yeah those you know everybody We've talked knows. about them enough and everyone knows about Millennium Actress and all the other amazing movies. And if you don't know about those somehow, if you're just getting into this, just go watch those. I mean, there's pretty much no bad movie that Shinkai, Mizaki, Takahata, or or Kone have ever made. They've never made a bad movie, in my opinion. So it, just just go pick up all of them. I mean, go watch all of them. Wikipedia their names and just start at number one and go yeah. down the list. So my approach to this topic was sort of to... Just pick up a couple shows that maybe a couple movies that maybe people hadn't seen, and just talk about them. So we all have a different approach. Cram, mm. you had a different. Thought. Yeah, my approach was actually movies that I've been meaning to see that I haven't watched yet. Uh, it's kind of my personal list of shame. I so. have I have a couple that when you're talking about that I could throw on even just off the top of my head movies sure. that that I've been really meaning to see and. 
And I haven't, and I'm probably a really bad mm. person for it. So if um, you guys would like, I can kick us off here with this. Sure, why not? And the first movie that I watched, and Cram also has seen this, is a movie that I watched yesterday called Megumi. And it's about the girl Megumi uh, Yokota, who was abducted by North Korea in 1977 when she was 13 years old. And it was a huge thing in Japan. Pretty much everybody in Japan knows the story of Megumi. North Korea actually acknowledged abducting her and at least a dozen other Japanese residents during the 70s and 80s. And um, they still haven't they still haven't brought her back or given her back or in the movie like they that. claim she's she's almost certainly dead yeah, yeah. almost certainly dead in the movie North Korea claimed and the, I'm I'm guessing the movie is mostly historically accurate they they claimed that they had sent her remains back to Japan and when they analyzed the remains there were also the remains of a number of other Japanese people so I'm guessing maybe it was like a a group mm-hmm. a group uh, whatever you call it cremation so it's a really terrible story you know of something that's really sad that happened long ago 30 Thanks, years Mitsugi, ago you for getting us started with this well, ray wow. of sunshine well, I, I, I will i will say that the movie is not great okay not, it's, not great it's i think calling it a movie is a little bit generous it's it's a it's a public service announcement it really is this movie was produced for the explicit purpose of giving to schools and educating people about uh this you know supposed threat from the North Koreans um, that, you know, it, it did end up being some kind of threat, but I don't think it, it happened all that much. I don't think very many people got abducted, but that was the whole purpose of this thing getting made. And it's like, like it's, I guess technically it's animated, but just barely. I mean, just barely. So, and the dub is off. Yeah. The budget for the just, movie was, it was obviously small, but the value of the movie isn't in the actual entertainment quality of the film. It's if you're a person that is just completely unaware of this event, have no idea what Megumi is, or, or rather who she is, or any of these events that supposedly happened in Japan, then I mean it's something you you'll get at least a, a working knowledge of of what happened by watching the movie, and it's something that that pretty much everybody in Japan and according to one of our Japanese friends, most people in South Korea know about, and. I don't know, but it's if you were a person that was living back in the seventies and eighties, you might you might know about this too. I mean, that's a little bit before my time, but there's definitely I would say a cultural importance, maybe not to this film specifically, but to the event that it's talking about. I would say don't watch this and just read the Wikipedia article. You'll get a lot more out of it. That's <laughs> yeah, my take it, on this because this thing possible. is pretty terrible. That's possible, but this is an anime podcast, and you know, it's well, yeah. it, it, it wasn't a good movie. In terms of its production and entertainment quality, but it wasn't a total waste of my time. The actress who played her mother was almost definitely not a native English speaker. Actually, I found this movie at my school a couple of weeks yeah. ago and borrowed it and took it home and live tweeted it with a bottle of wine, and that, <laughs> which I've been doing recently. If you've been following my Twitter, please. Uh, um, it, it's uh, at Dusty Cram Cram. I'm I'm posting uh, screen caps and whatnot and commenting on them. But yeah, I watched this a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was it was certainly something. Um, <laughs> I can't really recommend this to anyone. I'm still saying though that we need to just set up a camera one of the times when we're drinking <laughs> and watching things. Yeah. Of course, if we did that with the last movie we watched, her that would have been yeah. really boring because we're just the, sitting uh, there going, "Oh God." Yeah. 
Oh. Or even the week before when we watched Gravity, it's just all of us with our hands the- over our mouths, like. <gasps> <gasps> Actually, not me. My hands were on my were on my iPhone playing Puzzle Dragons. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah the the AAA podcast does do maybe every other week we have a Nabe party, so that's always nice. Mitsuki, yeah. do you have an off the cuff, uh, shameless confession? Do I? Yeah. You're asking me for something just like 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 off the top of your head yeah just the top of your off the top of your head do you have a movie that you've been meaning to see but you haven't watched because we watch like a bajillion hours of anime every week for the show um i'm looking at a, at a short list here i have not seen barefoot again i want to watch yeah. that speaking of joyful yeah. Oh, yeah, no media <laughs> i uh, i want to watch gouch the cellist okay wait wait wait, wait. Oh. just just do one just one we'll do one after every after every movie oh okay oh, so okay. like that oh that's good okay. so so one of the ones on my list that I have seen that I don't think a lot of people have seen, and I talked about this a while ago, I took an, an anime studies course at uh, Kansai Gaidai in Osaka when I was there, and and in this course we watched a lot of film, and one of the films that we watch is a film called Angel's Egg or Tenshi no Tamago, and I spoke about it, but I, I that would have had to have been over 100 episodes ago, so I figure might be about time to at least bring up the name again. I wonder if that egg's delicious. <sighs> Probably not. Uh, um, maybe it's maybe it's heavenly. Nark, oh, nark, nark, it's nark, certainly nark. very artistic and slow. Yes. I don't know about delicious, though. <laughs> The, the reason why I bring up this film is it's a film done by Mamoru Oshii, and I think it's it's got to be among his first films. It, I think it is it, his it, first I think, film. Yeah, I think it, it is. is his first. And he's a very pro, uh, prolific director, gaining a lot of fame with the original Ghost in the Shell movie. So he's a name that a lot of people know, and this is a film that a lot of people don't know that was his first soiree into filmmaking. And so I definitely think that there is something there worthwhile. Another thing is all of these. The story was written by Oshi and Yoshitaka Amano, and Yoshitaka Amano, or well, what what story you can say it has. Um, and Amano also did basically all of the art for it. So you have these two. And again, I've talked about Amano a lot, but for those of you who don't know the name off the top of your head, probably the easiest way to describe him is he did uh, character concept and he still does promotional art f- for the Final Fantasy games. So, which I'm have... very excited about the new HD release of Final Fantasy X. I decided I'm excited, and I'm excited about X2 also, and I'm excited about Lightning Returns and Final Fantasy XV. All of these. Excellent. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, what? I'm really excited about it. And Final F- and, 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 oh, speaking and, of which, a bunch of stuff on the PlayStation Network is 50% off. It's Final Fantasy. I've been playing Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, what is it? War of the Lions or whatever? The remake of Tactics. I, speaking I've, of which, I've, I bought some, some gems and I, I spun the Golden Dragon in Puzzles and Dragons. <laughs> and I got the Farinar Knight. And I'm totally happy with that. Okay, smart ass. Wow. wow. Okay, keep going. Cold-blooded. Now, you, now you're calling names. Anyways, Angel's Egg was released in... December of 1985 so it is an old film and it the animation as I've as I've discussed before is on the spectrum of a lot of more limited animation and I don't I didn't watch it with any kind of subtitles but I think there's about 10 lines in the whole film of dialogue and they're the complex dare anata dare um so Basically, the instructor said, if your Japanese isn't good enough to figure this out, here's a one sheet of paper <laughs> that has all of the lines in the order of they appear in English. So it's 
it would definitely be something that you watch and you probably don't watch again and you probably will hate it. You probably won't like this movie. But I definitely think there's something that obviously Oshi and Amano were trying to say. And I also think that it has some contribution to both of their careers and where they were when they really were, were getting started, the place where their heads were at and the things they were experimenting with and, and the kind of things that they wanted to say. Because I definitely think you can start to see Oshi's tastes and things like that develop through this film. It's... um. It's a heavy movie, deep movie. Um, a it movie worth it analyzing. It, 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 it thinks it is. Yeah. <laughs> it thinks it's heavy. Yeah, I mean, like, there's. Some, I think there's something that you could get out of this. It's very much one of those kind of. Um, you get out what you put in. Yeah. If you're looking for something, you'll yeah, find it. But yeah, pretty much. It's. Um, it's not going to give you anything. It's very much up for interpretation, and uh, it feels a lot like homework. Like, it's one of those yeah. things that you're like, yeah. this is something I should watch, but I don't really want to watch anyway, it. We, anyway, we <laughs> like should, I said, I watched it for a class. Okay, we should move on my we're limited here. First one on my list of shame would be Summer Wars. I've never seen that movie. <gasps> really? I will, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second it. I have never seen Summer Wars What? Either. Although I have it on my laptop. I know, it's fantastic. For real? I mean, it's good. I really like it. But yeah, I, I literally yeah. have the file on my laptop. I could play it right now into the list chat if I wanted to wow well um, the next one up uh, or the one on my list is uh, again all of the things on my list are things I haven't seen my list of shame uh, and I'm going to talk about Royal Space Force the Wings of Oniamis. Uh so this was uh, directed by Hiroyuki Yamaga who it was also the director of Magical Shop- Shopping Arcade of Benobashi oh. and uh, Mahoro Matic uh, this is Gainax's first film Oh, uh, which is that's kind fun. of interesting, and and I believe it was also the first film distributed by Bandai Visual, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the the story is basically really simply, uh, it's a science fiction tale of a young man who decides to become his nation's first man in space. So this is kind of an alt reality Earth, and uh, while this is going on, um, two bordering countries on his nation uh, are on the verge of war, and they may use the launch of his spacecraft as an excuse to go to war with one another. So it's really kind of it's a um, good movie. Very have good. You've you seen it, yeah, several okay. times. Okay, yeah, this is um, this is kind of one of those classics that everyone is yeah. supposed to see. I haven't seen it, and I've heard it's either. fantastic. Yeah. It has a lot so. of religious tones in it though oh really okay yeah i mean if you look if you watch if you watch it again and look for it you'll see that stuff there's a lot of religious activism type stuff going on in that movie but yeah but um so yeah it's 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 always been on my list i mean for years and years it's been on my list of things that uh that i have to watch but um i I guess i guess like i said with angel's egg the the fear of it feeling like homework yeah keeps me away from a lot of stuff and i think i've got kind of an inkling of that that i'm gonna watch this and be like Oh, it's good, but it's kind of meh. <laughs> um, you really have to commit more than what you kind of want right, to to exactly. it. But chances are I'll end up watching it and being like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Because <laughs> that's all yeah, I hear from people that um, I trust on things like this. It's a good movie. It, it, it'll, it's definitely a little slow, but it's, it's a worthwhile film that most people should watch if they want to be, you know knowledgeable about classic anime films yeah yeah. so it's um it's certainly um important i think um but yeah that's a uh, royal space force the wings of oniamis so i watched another movie oh are we gonna do another confession i well th- i haven't seen that so i can't really con- i do a confession here so i already said it sort of earlier i, I really want to watch gouch the cellist mm. which i think is like an early 
Takahata movie. Yeah. So I haven't seen that, and I really want to. I haven't either. So also, okay, also on my list. I'll share that one with you. I don't think that that movie is not worth having shame over because I doubt most people have seen it. But I, I want to watch it. Did, I don't think it ever got distribution in the West. Did it? I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer. It's to that. not on. My, it wasn't on my list, but I'll put it on my list now. Yeah, we should have movie night. But the next movie I'm going to actually talk about here is Oji San No Lamp. It's a film. It's a film that I reviewed on the podcast maybe two years ago. This is a really excellent movie, and Chiaki was sitting here watching it before the show started. It's about a it's about a boy who inquires about an old oil lamp that his grandfather owns, and the movie is basically the story that the grandfather tells his his grandchild. And it's the story of a, of, a, of a young boy who is very ambitious and begins a, a career as a youth and as a teenager and a young adult selling oil lamps back in the period of the Meiji era before... Right I mean, at the cusp yeah, of like, the restoration. Right, when before a lot of modernization had entered the country yet. So it was really a magical thing to see oil lamps and brightly lighting people's homes in like a really beautiful way that, you know, when you kind of look at the... And when you look down the street of a city and there's like the river in the middle, you know, and there you see the reflection of the oil lamps in the water and it's very beautiful. And so there's a lot of nostalgic uh, impact for the for the man in the movie as he's telling the story. But the the swing that the movie takes and, and where, all the, where all the drama comes from is because as time passes, electricity enters Japan and basically wipes out this guy's business. And he really has this period of time during the movie where he comes to grips with the fact that his romanticized dream and his ideals and you know his business are being destroyed by the coming of modernization and it's really dramatic and t- difficult for him and, and his wife. I think this is something that we don't say very often but this is a movie that I think your grandparents would like. If you're at your grandparents house for a long weekend yeah. I mean it it doesn't have to be the advent of electricity, but just that feeling of what you know and what you love is being replaced by something yeah. new and different. And and I I think anyone over over the age of maybe even even thirty can feel like that a bit. I also think that this is a movie that you could probably play in like an MBA in like an MBA business school class to talk about continually developing your business because you know this guy. Could have found a way probably to adapt his business to uh, to accommodate electricity. Maybe he starts selling lamps that function with electricity rather than just trying to continue just doing oil. But then said he was Japanese and he didn't adapt. <laughs> so a little a l- little rigidity in his ideals and thinking, you know, sank his business. But this is a this is another one of those like twenty minute movies that has honestly it's as I think it's as good as Little Witch Academia was. It's totally different, but if I had to like score it, they'd probably get similar scores. And actually, I already reviewed this. I don't remember what it got, but maybe Chiaki can look it up for me. But this is a really great movie that is not very old. It came out in, what, it's pretty recent. The movie came out in 2011. It looks beautiful. It's It definitely has a very nice look It's in sort of it. the old style. It, it, it has a sort of a, a rustic look to it, but it's intentionally so. And there's a lot of emotional impact in the movie, and it's really good. It's called Oji San No Lamp, Grandfather's Lamp. And totally recommend it to people. So yeah, I think as as Mitsuki summed it up, it's a perfect example of how to do it right in a short period of time without. Yeah, yeah. All right then. Uh, well, the next one up on my list is uh, a little flim 
called The Sensualist from 1991. Uh, the Japanese title is Koushoku Ichidai Otoko. Uh, and it's directed by Yukio Abe, who has primarily, primarily worked as an art director and in audio recording, strangely enough. It is based on the 17th century novel by Ihara Saikaku. Um, so that's 1600s, guys, that this thing is based off of. The, a book that is old. 1600s. Very, very, very old. old. Uh, and it starts with the protagonist's childhood and chronicles his sexual experiences throughout life. Uh, this thing is only like 55 minutes long, and uh, it's very visually interesting, or so I've seen. Again, I haven't seen any of these that I'm talking about. Uh, much of the film's design is heavily influenced by the ukiyo-e wood- woodblock movement of pop art that dominated mm-hmm. Japanese art culture during the Edo period, which is like 17th century through 19th century. But if you're going, I don't know what ukiyo-e is, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. If you If you've seen... Japanese art. Yeah, <laughs> you probably <laughs> seen. Um, but anyway, uh, that's um, that's the sensualist. And what I have seen of it, the clips I've seen are very, very, very sexually provocative. Like that's, as I understand it, that's the entire one of, purpose. One of, of the of big them. things about ukiyo-e. Now, now, now we can get to maybe my schooling oh, in boy, art Harry, history. Sure, sure. But, but one of the things about ukiyo-e was that they started kind of as almost. Like, gossip columns and and ukiyo-e one of yeah. the the big things in history for it was was people making these woodblock prints of very famous geisha or very yeah. beautiful it was pop art yeah it was pop art it was tr- i mean to the to the very sophisticated ukiyo-e was trash it was trashy yeah. art <laughs> it, and, and no one no one who was of class wanted it yeah. and of course now they sell for exactly. millions of dollars and like and and it was the it was the first style of art that was massively reproducible in yeah. japan uh which is why it became so famous in the first place despite it being kind of the lowbrow art the low level art and and that's that's like when uh, lower class people started being able to get into this thing called art, you know, outside of just, you know, creating music, very simple, primitive kinds of music. They could get into visual arts and things like that in a way that they couldn't before because of this mass reproducibility. Um, but now we're talking about art movements in Japan. <laughs> but yeah, this this movie was called is called The Sensualist. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to check it out. And I think maybe everybody should too. Brown chicken, brown cow. I was going to talk about... Hunter x Hunter Phantom Rogue next, but I think I'm going to save it for a, for a review. Maybe I'll do it after I, if the if that anime ever ends. Hunter x Hunter is giving Dragon Ball Z a lesson in being slow. <laughs> yes, I said it. Wow. Instead, I'm going to do a, an anime that I'm not sure if I ever reviewed on the podcast or not. I punched it in on the website and couldn't find it. It's a movie called... Oh, we've definitely talked about it if we haven't officially reviewed it. It's a movie that I had, that I had in my panel of best movies you've never seen or heard of. And it's La Mason and Petite Cubes. And this is a movie that actually won an Oscar for Best Animated Short Film back in the 81st Oscars. It so that was five years ago. It made me cry in 10 minutes. This movie is 12 minutes long, and it is phenomenal. And it's about an old man who lives in a town where the water level of the city is continually rising, and he's basically alone. And he has to continually build brick layers up, up on his house higher and higher and higher so he can continue to be above the the level of the water because it's continually rising it rises like on a daily basis and they show you know the the height of his of his house from the ground level where it used to be years and years ago and it's like a thousand stories tall it's crazy right it's um remarkable and you know they show the process of him building his house day day after day but one day he drops his pipe in his favorite like pipe that he smokes into the water 
and it sinks down, far down, down into his house, like down to the very lower levels of the house. So he has to put on his scuba diving gear and go down into his house to get the pipe. And this is where the magic and where, and where the crux of the story happens, is that he sort of relives his life and his happy memories of days when he was with his wife and his children and, you know, days of memories of days gone by, the, the very heavy moments of nostalgia. As he goes through the different rooms of his house, he experiences and relives his life from you know his very young age from his from his youth as he travels down into the rooms where he you know had had good memories and then he goes down and gets his pipe and this is a 12 minute movie and if you watch it you'll probably feel like a better person <laughs> because you did uh, it won an Oscar. Twelve minutes. You can give twelve minutes of your life. It definitely won that Oscar for real. It did. It won the Oscar for best oh, animated wow. short. I think it's went one did of. You, did you know that there's another anime short that's nominated this year called oh, is there? Possessions? I did not know that. Yeah, so there are two anime nominated for Oscars this year at the Academy Awards, and neither of them will win probably. But probably um, this I, is. I don't think the Wind Rises should win. That's just. I <laughs> think this was the. This is this is only Miyazaki this. should have stayed in retirement just a little bit longer. Maybe tried to push it. <laughs> yeah. So this is maybe just the second film that has been anime that's been given an Oscar win. I'm not really sure, but it's called La Mason and Petite Cubes. The 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 English title is House of Small Cubes, and I'm 100 percent sure you can find it on YouTube or something. I don't know if you're gonna find a DVD of it. It's only 12 minutes long. But go watch this movie. I mean, it's really amazing. Do you have one to add to your list of shame? I, I don't at the moment, but okay. I'll think about it. If you think of, if you think of one. The next one on my list that I have seen is Princess and the Pilot. And we reviewed Princess and the Pilot back in episode 159. And we only gave it a three, which is a very fair score for that movie. So this is not a movie that is... Oh my god, you have to watch this movie. But it's a pretty decent movie. And the reason why, mostly why I'm talking about it now, is it's very timely because we have the anime right now that's... What, what, it's not, is it a precursor? It's, is it in the same universe? It is was... It, I'm not even sure, honestly. It okay. was supposed to be related in some way. Well, maybe it's related. Maybe it's not. But so, you can watch the movie if you're watching the anime I, to try to but see. But they both have pilots. They, I, they so do. if you really like pilots. <laughs> I, I sort of watched part of this movie, and I don't really... Based on the first two or three episodes of the anime, I didn't really draw too many links. So, but whatever. The film the film came out in 2011. It's 99 minutes long, so it's a full, fe- a full feature-length film. Uh, the animation was done by Madhouse, and the production was done by TMS Entertainment. And it's basically an aerial pilot who has the assignment of taking this girl to somewhere safely. That's that's the crux of the Escort entire story. Escort her. And, of course, they find themselves in each other along the way. You know, whatever. But it's, it's, it's a good film. And Grinch. Whatever. Romance. <laughs> Love stories. Who cares? It's definitely not one that I would say that you have to watch especially if you haven't seen a lot of the other more classic films like Ghibli stuff and Akira and Kon stuff and things like that but the reason why I bring this up again it's timely with the anime and the other reason is because if you've seen all of those films and you're kind of looking for maybe the things that aren't amazing because you've seen all the masterpieces but are still good and eh, this is worth this is worth checking out on my list of shame I haven't seen any of the Evangelion movies 
any of the new reboots. Really? Have you? Did you see? What about the old ones? Like, uh, did you see End of Ava? No. What? You're not required. I haven't seen any of the Evangelion movies. End of Ava is the best. I'm not. It's I know. I'm not best. like required, but I've actually seen most of Ava, and it's one of the most iconic series of all time. You could make an argument for that. So I just it's on my list of shame that I haven't ever watched shame one of shame them. on you shame, shame, on you. shame on me indeed. I'm gonna make you feel bad about this one <laughs> <laughs> you can it's okay Graham it's okay I've got you one. make me feel bad just by talking <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> it feels so stupid need, when you open your mouth I need to take a break <laughs> I've got one here that I um have, have, have a meaning to watch that I haven't that's a ju- and then we weren't I know we weren't gonna talk about Jubilee but in the scope of the shame it's actually a Hayao Miyazaki directed Jubilee short Called Hoshio really? Katahi, the day I bought a stop, the day that I bought a planet. Oh, that's one of the museum shorts. And it's 16 minutes long, and I've always wanted to see it, and I haven't seen it. Yep, that's so one of the museum shorts. Probably never gonna find it on the internet or anything. No, but. <laughs> probably not. I've only seen but, three. I've seen three of those. Four of them. Three or four of those shorts. They're all pretty good. Yeah, they're 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 all yeah, yeah they're, all they're good. good. The ones I've seen anyway. Um, the last one on my list uh, is something I'm really, really interested to see, and I've got a whole bunch of notes on it, so we can enjoy those. Uh, but it is a film called Midori from 1992. The Japanese title is... Green. Mid- yeah, yeah, that's right. Green. I speak Japanese. The Japanese <laughs> title is Chikagen to Gekika Shoujo Tsubaki. Um, and if you know anything about like classical Japanese storytelling or literature, you probably recognize Shoujo Tsubaki as something that's kind of important. And I'll get into that a little bit. But this is uh, directed by Hiroshi Harada, who uh, also directed the films Eternal Paradise and Lullaby to the Big Sleep, neither of which I've seen nor heard of. <laughs> that sounds like a gangster movie. Lullaby, Lullaby to, to the, the Big, big Sleep. sleep. Um, have you seen or heard of either one of those? No. Eternal no. Paradise? Okay. So I haven't either. Um this film, Midori, is also known as Mr. Arashi's Amazing Freak Show. Uh, and it's based what? on the Eroguro manga or the erotic uh, grotesque manga by Suehiro Maruo, which is subsequently based on the narrative of Shoujo Tsubaki, which I mentioned before, who is a character who emerged during the Showa era revival of Kamishibai. Now, Kamishibai is an 800-year-old form of storytelling uh, that used paper scrolls where monks, Buddhist monks, used paper scrolls to illustrate spoken stories that were told to an audience. Whew, now, yeah, I've seen some of those. Um so this specific story, the story of Shoujo Tsubaki, tells the story of a young girl who loses her parents and is taken in by a traveling carnival. Uh, then she is abused and forced to work as a slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's some heavy stuff. Yeah, real, real heavy. Uh, the f- what kind of a slave? Oh, a s- meets again. Really? I'm sorry. We're gonna okay. I won't get, get into gruesome details. I don't know. Well, I haven't you, seen you, this. You, you said it. You said it was Edo. I have, Edo it manga. Edo Guro. Yes. Edo Guro. Right. So I'm just saying. Um. So the, this film actually had somewhat of a troubled production and distribution history. Uh, the director almost single-handedly created the entire film uh, due to its subject matter scaring off potential investors and severely affecting the project's budget. Uh, the production well, well, that's took, what you get from making gore porn. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you, you, um, you reap what you sow. I that's really it's, it's interesting to me, though. It, this, the production took five years. And it took all of his life savings to finish this movie. Like it That's was sad. It was a real like uh, kind of burden of love for him. Um, 
the film is actually considered partially lost because it was seized by the Japanese government what? when it was discovered that what? the movie contained illegal depictions for the time. So is the movie, can you find the movie uh, now? You, you, you can. I have a copy of it. Um, that I'm going to watch. I've been putting it off. But. You know what, you know, can we watch this together? Sure, like, I'm so sure, intrigued get together, by the story. W- we should get together and watch all of these movies that we have, that, that we're all confessing it's that we marathon. haven't seen. Um, actually, and the original Master Reel was destroyed by the Japanese government. I wouldn't mind adding 10 or 12 anime to my list so all like, at once. Apparently, there are scenes that are missing. Some of the scenes are still there, but they're only in standard definition because they were converted to TV through the, the Telesina, uh, uh you know, transfer method uh, converted to VHS tape. And that's the, that's basically the only master that exists is a VHS tape of some of these scenes. So it's apparently the, the, what, what is considered the finished film now is just kind of this weird amalgamation of the stuff that they could recover. And uh, I mean, it's kind of sad that this guy's life, basically his life work was just yeah. seized and destroyed. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of sad. But there's something like, tragically poetic about that too well yeah i mean he's he's really kind of an auteur in the sense that he he gave up everything to create this piece of art um and it's watch it be awful <laughs> it might be <laughs> i have no idea i hate I, to I, say it like that it's... i do really want to see it though like it's it's one of those things that uh like you know like the sensualist sensualist that i talked about before um it's just sounds to the production itself and kind of you know what this movie is not even just what this movie is but how it was made uh is enough for me to be like i've got to see this thing like it's it could be a train wreck but i've got to see it well i really think that one of these nights nights we should get together and watch like all 10 of these it sounds like most of them are short and we could probably do them in like three or four hours it is uh oniamas i'll probably end up watching by myself i know that's two hours but the last two that i just mentioned the sensualist and midori are both one hour movies yeah, and yeah. Ma- and Mason La Mason and, and and Petite Cubes is twelve minutes. I'd watch Hotaru Bi No Morie again. Yeah, if, I haven't seen that. If you guys that, wanted so. to see that, I liked it enough that I would definitely watch it again. Sure, movie time. Movie time. All right. Well, hopefully you had you have acquired a lot of sh- new movies that you want to watch from do you guys, either. Do you guys just want to list them off again? What we talked about to people that. Oh sure. So the ones that I discussed briefly were Megumi. The North Korean abduction movie, Oji San No Lamp, and La Mason and Petite Cubes. And yes, that is French. The ones that I discussed were Angel's Egg, the original Oshi film with Yoshitaka Mano involved, Hotarubi no Morie, which is the kind of cute, supernatural, romancy film, and Princess and the Pilot. And then the one on my list of shame were Summer Wars. The place promised in our early days and any of the Ava films. Okay. <laughs> uh, the three that I listed were Royal Space Force, The Wings of Oniamis, The Sensualist, and Midori. All right, we're going to take another anime news break. And when we come back, we are going to do five impressions on Wizard Barrister's Sakura Trick, Nobunaga the Fool, Noragami, and Wake Up Girls. While we're on our news break, we'll have a poll. If available in 10 years... Will you want to buy newly produced physical anime media? Yes, no, or maybe, but only one or two items a year at most. So hang in there, everybody. We'll be back soon.
Hey everyone, this is Chiaki, and this is an anime news break. First up, Viz Media has recently announced the North American theatrical lineup for its upcoming screening of Tiger and Bunny the movie The Rising. Viz Media is working with 11 arts and will screen the film starting on March 14th in 20 cities across the United States. Additionally, a special screening of the film is scheduled to take place at the New People Cinema in San Francisco on March 22nd. The official Tiger and Bunny Facebook page will post for other details, so if you're interested in having information about the film, I recommend giving that a thumbs up like on Facebook. Those who attend screenings will receive a 12-inch by 18-inch cardstock movie poster, and while supplies last, an exclusive movie clear file. So, I recommend finding online the list of theaters in which we'll be showing this fantastic anime movie. And speaking of Tiger and Bunny, for those of you who are Tiger and Bunny fans, the official Tiger and Bunny website has revealed images previewing their newest lineup of merchandise. That is a Hello Kitty crossover. In support of the February 8th premiere of the Tiger and Bunny movie, The Rising, Sanrio's Hello Kitty is suiting up as Wild Tiger and Bunny for a line of crossover products, including clear files, keychains, plushies, earphone jack straps, pass cases, totes pouches, and mirrors. You can find the pictures online for all of these, and, well, I recommend checking them out. In other news, the fan design shop We Love Fine added a lot of new Vocaloid dresses and t-shirts for both men and women. The company recently ended its Hatsune Miku design contest. Winner received Vocaloid software cash prizes and will get their designs on t-shirts. You can find pictures of the designs online and a lot of them are very cool looking. In other news, Goro Miyazaki of Tales from Earthsea from Up on Poppy Hill and Yes the Son of acclaimed director Hayao Miyazaki of Studio Ghibli will be directing a television anime adaptation of Swedish author Astrid Lindgren's Roina the Robber's Daughter. It's a children's fantasy book. The series titled Sangoku no Musume Ronia in Japan will air on NHK and BS Premium this fall. I believe this is the first TV series in which Goro Miyazaki has done, so it'll be interesting to see how he fares with it. In other news, for those of you who are fans of Dojinshi, the North American manga publisher Seven Seas Entertainment has recently announced that it will be, re be releasing two Dojinshi collections for Nozomu Tamaki's Dance in the Vampire Bund manga series. Tamaki previously only released these works in individual issues at Comiket events. So this will be a great opportunity to get your hands on some previously rare Dance in the Vampire Boond doujinshi for those of you interested. This was Shiaki and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. And we're back to the last segment in the 212th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Keeping your anime addiction worse with impressions from the new anime season. We will be passing some, failing some, and talking about all. All of them are going to be failing today. <laughs> no, maybe not. But we've, first, we've... we have results of the poll. Poll results? Oh, do, yeah. Do so, so, again, the, uh, the question for the poll was... If available in 10 years, will you want to buy newly produced physical anime media? And the result of the poll is that with 50% of the votes, the answer was yes. Yeah. So that's probably good for 
good for anime. So good for you guys. Way to way to proliferate and help anime continue to exist. But so if you put support, no and maybe support together. the art you love, please, <laughs> please do that. So okay, so the first impression we're gonna do is a show called. Are we just gonna do them in order? So yeah, we can do them in order. All right. So the first anime we're gonna do is is a impression on Wizard Baristas. This is one of the shows Wizard that I... Wizard Baristas? Is this about Starbucks? No, Baristas. <laughs> as in b- Baristas, which is like a, someone who deals in law. Like a lawyer. There's, you know, you're know, making a, a joke. But a barista? You're making a joke, but... That's what I just made. Starbucks. <clears throat> you're making a joke coffee. about Starbucks, but I'm getting a little sick and tired of hearing, of hearing people make jokes about coffee. Because it's really stupid. Barista and, and, and Baristas are a completely different word. So. They're, they're pretty close. Mm, th- it's it's pretty close. One of them's like four letters longer than the other one, and you can't spell anyway. Close so. enough to make jokes. Chiaki <laughs> can't spell any words that have more than three syllables, so I can too. <laughs> some of them. So anyway, no, we really though my spelling's really bad. So really bad. this anime is basically made by Umetsu, um, Umetsu Yasuomi, whom is. Pretty well known in the anime industry for making Kite and Mezzo and a couple other animes that, you know, are usually a little bit naughty. There's there's some sex in Mezzo and in Kite and a lot of violence, very graphic violence. I, I like both of those animes. I really like Kite. And so I, of course, put this one on my list because I wanted to see it. This is a very Shinkai-ish effort by him. He's the director, episode director, storyboard, chief animation director, series composition, original creator, animation director, character designer, and key animator. So he hasn't had a life for for a, for a minute here. This is li- and this is a very, very, very nice looking anime. This is not like a twenty minute short that 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 Shinkai did, Voices of Innocent Star. This is one of the better looking shows that I've seen this season, and Umetsu has done a really nice job with it. So, yeah, the it, the producers are. It's a, it's Sentai Filmworks and Pony Canyon are the producers. the The story is about a girl named uh, Cecil. Her name's actually part of the title of the anime, but I just shortened it. Cecil to, or Cecil? Um, I'm just gonna say Cecil because okay. I don't really know. So it takes place in Tokyo and slightly in the future, where normal human beings coexist with people that can use magic. There's a lot of magic in the season, by the way. Have you guys noticed that? Yes, I have. There's like ten magic shows. As a result, there are laws that have been created around using magic, and there's also a magic courtroom that exists to preside over lawsuits that regard magic use. So, for example, if a guy murdered another person using magic, he would end up in the magic courtroom, right? And in these cases, there are wizard baristas, or in there, in this, the Japanese, they're called benmashi. So I guess we'll have to look that up. I'm not sure what that means who defend those using who use magic. So they're basically the defendants, the um the defense attorneys for the for the people that use magic. And that's what and that's what Cecil is or Cecil or whatever the hell you want to call her. So it follows her. She's a young barrister, the youngest barrister in history and she works with her associates to defend people that have been accused of creating of causing crimes using magic. So yeah, so early on in the show, there was one of the first cases that, that they cover was a court trial about a, a man who was inside of a bank during a bank robbery. The bank robbers were using magic, and he ended up fighting back against the bank robbers using, like, water magic and killed one of the robbers and ended up in court for killing a person using magic. 
and you know the entire a lot of the, the first two episodes centered around you know his trying to determine his motives and proving his motives and you know it ended up being a lot of he they they thought maybe he was an accomplice to the to the to the crime but it ended up that he had been fired from his job recently and had been going back to the bank like on a daily basis because he was actually in love with one of the girls that he used to work with and wanted to see her and while he was there there was a crime and he killed one of the robbers so you know he ended up being in the second episode he ends up being innocent and Cecil is his basically his defense attorney and she proves that by doing some investigative reporting and which leads to several interesting fight scenes and yeah so using magic and she drags one of the robbers back into the courtroom and gets him to testify and he's like hell no he wasn't one of our one of our helpers he killed one of my friends that bastard and then that basically proved that he wasn't part of their gang and that he was actually defending people so he was innocent the third episode has an entirely different court trial but rather than talk about the case i'm just gonna i'm gonna talk about some other things about this anime first part of the probably the only reason why people will not watch this anime is because of cecil she is a very cute character she's got like purple hair and if if one of you could find a picture of Cecil and post it in the chat, I'd appreciate that. And she's got, like, purple hair and wears a skirt and wears, like, frilly socks. And, you know, she looks like a Japanese girl in Tokyo who is wearing, like, the cutest clothes possible. And she has her hair in, like, pigtails. And she looks like a textbook... She looks textbook moe. Like, she's she's pretty close to, like, what would be a moe character. And she has, like, this... She has, like, a magical frog that, like, lives with her. A magical frog. Yeah, so post that picture that, that you're looking at in the chat. She's okay. very moe-ish. But this anime could have lots of opportunities to make her do moe stuff, including having tons of panty shots with the, with the length of her skirt and a number of other things. But they generally don't do that. And yes, there are a couple a couple scenes in the first three episodes that are clearly fan service involving her. This is a scene where like she's in her her apartment and she's wearing really like Sophie shorts and it's really hot already because she's a pretty like I don't know she's like. She's supposed to be like 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 seventeen or eighteen in the anime, and she's basically like a like a sort of a sexy character anyway. And when she's wearing Sophie's lying around, that's bad enough. But then the basically the frog jumps on her and pulls her Sophie's off, and they don't show anything. And she she smacks the frog across the room, but it's it's obviously a fan service scene. But that's very limited in the show, and that's not what the show really is about. So she actually has some really strong moments in the anime. There's a scene in, in the second episode where she sort of bursts into the courtroom at the at the last minute and challenges the, you know, the prosecuting attorneys and the judge to let her speak and sort of holds her ground in front of a lot of people that are older and more experienced than her. And she sort of has moments of strength in the show that make her a pretty decent character. In addition to being a little ditzy at times, the the action in the show is good. The, the the beginning of the first episode will sell some people right immediately because there is a scene in the beginning where some police officers who kind of exist as side characters right now they're they're often on the other side of the they're often doing the police investigations which kind of run parallel to the to the to the bur, to the baristers where they apprehend a magic user who's like trying to flee on on a train and there's a really awesome scene where. Some police officers are fighting the magic user inside the train, and then the train ends up like exploding and flying off the tracks and destroying like half a city block. And it's some awesome action immediately as the show starts, and that's going to sell some people. Um, Cecil's main magical power is that she's able to sort of use metal that's 
in the environment around her to create things, and she chooses to oftentimes create like a giant mechrobot that she rides on. This isn't kind of my preferred usage of her magic. If I had it my way, they would basically use their magic to just fire energy at each other and, you know, make like giant water orbs or something like that. You're using all the metal in the environment to make a giant mech you ride on is kind of, I don't know, a little bit lame. I, I, it's not my style, but it's not awful, and I could see some. I could see a lot of people really liking it. The overarching uh, plot in the story is that her mother was basically accused of murdering somebody with magic and so she hopes to be able to prove her mother's innocence one day I think and the only real problem with the show at this point is that it seems a little episodic to me it doesn't really have a really strong heavy through line for the first three episodes there's not a whole lot of really terrible things that happen in the first three episodes and it certainly has one of the better it's one of the better action shows that I've seen so far and they managed to cram some, some pretty good action into every episode the end of the third episode had some really good stuff happen inside the courtroom. And um, I'm going to pass this one. I think it probably is gonna, it probably falls in the top five of the season for what I've seen. It's, it pretty easily, I think, makes the cut. There's some shows we have that are sort of just, just sort of skating by, but this one isn't, is not one of those. It's pretty good. So Cool. Good. Wizard Baristers is the first show I'm going to pass for the season. I think most people will agree with it. Pretty good. Umetsu. Awesome. I, I thought it was going to be more violent than it is, and I thought it was going to have some naughtiness in it, but it doesn't really. Well, not yet. So, not yet, but Umetsu. Maybe, maybe there's, like an, maybe there's a, a, an uncut version that'll come out later where she's getting, like, you know, gang-banged or something. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how Mezzo was. <laughs> that's, that's, how the, that's how his prior animes are. They, all, they seem to have an uncut version with lots of, like, sex scenes in it, so. Well, cool. She's pretty hot. I wouldn't mind. I look forward to, uh, to watching this, if, if I do end up watching it, in fact. Um, the sh- first show I'll be uh, doing an impression of today is a little show called Soccer a Trick. Soccer a Trick. What's uh, this about? This is by Studio Dean and uh, directed by Kenichi Shikuda, who uh, has done lots of episode directing credits. But I think the only thing he's actually helmed is Decapo Three. So what? Yeah, it's based on a Yonkoma manga. Uh, and the story is basically that super BFFs Haruka Takayama and Yu Sonoda have been besties for like ever, right? They sat together all throughout junior high school and basically spent every available moment attached at the waist. But when they start high school, they are gasp seated on opposite sides of the classroom. Well, I mean, this just won't stand guys. (gasps) They have to do something to preserve their amazing friendship Something special. Something other Biffles wouldn't dare dream of. So they start making out, Natch. That's what I did. I mean, that's what they're making best friends out. do. They're making out? Yeah. So they, they just, actually make out in the anime? Yeah. How old are they? Uh, They just started high school, so. Okay, well, at least they're not seven. Right, yeah. So... I had to ask because this is anime, you know, you know what I'm saying? Okay, maybe I'm looking for depth when there isn't any, and, and you will, I'm sure, illustrate this or not. But, but I think that... that start of high school high school is kind of that age where you're kind of doing that like anyway of well, maybe like so do, do trying I, to figure stuff out do i yeah. do i like girl yeah, yeah. What, what happens if i kiss a girl there what does a, that feel like there is absolutely a reason that i chose this show in the first place and put it on my list um, of potentials for the season and the reason i put it on the list some of that comes out in the show eventually let, let me just talk about it and All we'll, right. we'll uh, go for it we'll get to it 
So in the first episode, Haruka and you make their their pucker pact, so to speak, uh, in this episode. <laughs> they ever and, actually call it that? No. <laughs> oh, God, I was going to laugh. They should. <laughs> uh, they should, yeah. And it almost immediately gets them into trouble. So while playing tonsil hockey on an upper floor classroom's balcony, they get locked out of the school. So they have to work together and risk a dangerous fall to get to another veranda with an open door. And disappointing spoiler, no one dies. But um, basically, that's the first episode. They uh, try to figure out what they're going to do to um, to make their friendship better than anyone else's friendship, to preserve what they've built over years and years together. And they decide that kissing is the way to go, so they start doing it a lot, and it kind of gets them into trouble in the first episode. So it kind of it, it puts things in motion and kind of uh, gives you an idea of what the show is probably going to mostly be. Um, which is fine. It's fine. Um, but let's talk about episode two. Let's do. I want to hear all about it. So in episode two, Haruka and you soon discover that they aren't the only lesbian couple in their class when they stumble upon friends Shizuku Minami and Kotone Nida uh, doing a bit of lip locking themselves. Uh, later on in the episode, you get some help studying for the exams, which the writers somehow managed to inject kissing into. I don't know. A lot but, of kissing going on, huh? Lots of kissing. Lots of tonsil hockey. Real simple stories that just have managed to get kissing in there somehow. Uh, I do think it's interesting that um, that th- this is apparently a high school just full of gay people. <laughs> it's really convenient. It sounds like, you know, are you, oh, are you kidding me? Are you serious? What? Is this a sequel to Comfer? I have <laughs> Comfer was probably an anim- a fine joke. I don't know Comfer though. <laughs> Comfer was an anime where there was a guy that turned into a girl, and every single girl in the school was a lesbian, and they all wanted to have sex with with See, him, her. Yeah, I, it is a, it is a bit convenient. Um, but there's, I mean, I guess they couldn't put the weight of the kissing uh, on just the two main characters, so they had to throw another couple in there and be like, oh, another, give you some variety, you know. In episode three, um, the school, it's, it's revealed that the school has decided to reduce the sports festival to a smaller event um, to the disappointment, naturally, of many first-year students. Not so, to the ALTs. Just give them the day off. Yeah, exactly. Please, please. Sports day is such <laughs> a waste of, of time. of school events. Please give us the day off. So uh, Haruka et al. Uh, meet the event committee, of which Mitsuki is the leader, uh, and Mitsuki is the old, uh, older sister of you. Uh, Haruka's little girlfriend. She, she's the older sister of you. <laughs> yes, but you can make a lot of jokes with that. So, uh, so they meet at the at the event committee. The first years do to state their case for a full blown festival. Uh, finally, Mitsuki has a chance to Mitsuki rather Mitsuki has a chance to meet the mysterious Haruka face to face. But by some stroke of dumb luck, Mitsuki's glasses get broken and she can't clearly see her little sister's girlfriend across the meeting room. So it's all this kind of how uh, convenient. Yeah, but she eventually does get a chance to meet her after the meeting and then later walks into Yu's bedroom to find her atop Haruka in a very, very uh, special position. (laughs) (laughs) So they they straight up get walked in on making out. And that's super scandalous. And I was like, wow, how are they going to play this off? What's going to come of this? Well, after the commercial break, they don't address Mitsuki's discovery at all and instead show the first-year students as they clean the swimming pool. They just totally ignore it. it. They don't follow up on it. It's very much like a... I think the from the second episode, uh, they split the episodes into two smaller stories, a lot like they do with like American cartoons, um, mostly comedy cartoons. Um and I thought that was just a really strange place to break that story off because that's I wanted to see what was yeah. going to happen next at that point. 
Um, so, you know, they're cleaning the pool and whatnot. Naturally, the episode ends with you and Haruka inside the pool storage closet doing what they do best. Um, so making so out. Is Great. there like a ratio of time making out to time not making out? It's not. This? It's certainly not mostly making out, but there's a lot of making out. So this is... Oh, are you at the point in your discussion where I can ask questions now? Uh, sure, I mean, like, more to go through. I, I, I don't. I have a list of thoughts on okay, the material. Well, but so this is a Yuri show. Obviously, has Yuri themes in it at least. Mm. And a lot of people that watch these Yuri shows want some stu- Yuri stuff happening. Are they? Do you feel have they or are they ever going to do more than just kiss? No, because idea. that is not going to satisfy Yuri. No fans. idea. I don't have a clue. Well, it's been three episodes. And all they're doing is kissing so far, and that's fine. It's rated PG-13, according to this website I'm looking at. Yeah. So I'm guessing that they won't do much else besides kiss. Probably not. So all of you that want to see, like, a lesbian sex scene, not happening. Um, The show is, it's attractive by design. The character art is cute. The animation's fine. The colors are pretty. It kind of has to be because it's, it's, you know, you're very much trying to sell these cute characters making out to a very particular audience. And, you know. It's weird. It has to be. They don't look, they don't look high school at all. No. <laughs> not even close. This girl could be, she could easily be elementary school. The blonde one, especially. Well, she is definitely kind of the more, the innocent of the two, I guess. Man, I'm, this is probably like an anime that would make parents absolutely cringe, yeah. weaken their knees. Uh, the humor is, is kind of hit or miss. It's very sitcom-y. Uh, it, it made me chuckle a couple times, um, but it's mostly just like, eh. Uh, full of bouncing breasts and slow pans up the bodies of young girls making out. It's very, very voyeuristic. Um, but you know, it is, it is that kind of show. And here's the thing about the show. Here's, here's what it comes down to. The reason I chose to watch this in the first place, it does occasionally manage to be sweet and real. And in the hands of a director with different goals, this could have been a really honest show about adolescent sexual discovery. No, but Unfortunately, the shades of honesty that are there are so utterly buried, <clears throat> utterly buried under a thick, crusty layer of fan service that I, I can't in good conscience, conscience recommend this to anyone but its target audience, which I don't belong to. I don't think any of us belong to. It's, well, it is a show for a very particular type of person, a very particular type of fan, and you know, it, I just don't think it appeals to anyone else. I, I can't pass this for the season, guys. Sorry. I know it's popular. I know it's popular. I know this is kind of the fortune darling uh, of the season. Unsurprisingly. Yeah, yeah, there's not really well, surprise there, but You want you want to know what I, I think? I think maybe the director had some like better artistic intentions for the show, as you say, but when they pitch a show like this to someone that's that's probably fun helping to fund the show, they probably demand that there's a certain level of raunchiness in it mm-hmm. and so the director probably has his hands tied and has to include things in the show that he doesn't want to really include now I don't know that that's actually the case but I know that there are cases where that's true Yeah. so this could easily be that and it might not even be the director's fault at all that the show is so utterly fan servicey yeah so, I mean the, the one scene that really stood out to me as being maybe the most honest was the one where they were walked in on it felt somehow less voyeuristic the shot choices and the shot composition didn't feel as voyeuristic as the other ones the the build-up in that particular scene was a lot better than than the other kissing i mean the kissing in the rest of the show feels so like gotta stick the kissing in here right now but like this was actually important to you know the development of story and character and i don't know that one that one brief glimmer of honesty 
I really think that maybe the director wanted it to be a love story between two girls, and that was it. A romance story, yeah. and then 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 the, the guy that helped to fund them was like, "Yeah, but now, but every single person in the school has to be like sexual making exactly, out." And yeah. then he's like, "Well, damn." <laughs> okay, Sorry. so what do we got next? All right, so the next one is actually one of mine. It's Nobunaga the Fool, and Nobunaga the Fool was written by Shoji Kawamori, and Shoji Kawamori has a very long credits list to his name. He's sort of well known. He's sort of well this known. Guy. He's done basically all of the original creations for Macross, or has had a important hand in the original concepts, creation, whatever, directing of Macross. He was the original cre- creator of The Vision of Escaflone. Oh, that's he a, was that's... the original creator of... Can I hug this guy? <laughs> Let me hug you, sir. Um... Let's see, where, what other original creators has he been involved with? He's he's definitely been involved with a lot of things, but he's also been a lot of involved with a lot of things that maybe aren't so astounding. Um, he, he's a he's a designer. He was yeah, a designer he does, primarily. He, he did like Escaflone and Pat Labor and stuff like that. I think. Well, he did. He's done mecha design for for Pat Labor. He's done mecha design for or mechanical design for Ghost in the Shell. He's done mechanical design for there was another really well known one um, on here. But other things that he was the original creator for are things like Genesis of Aquarium. He was the original creator for or original concept for Basquatch. Oh God! He was the original concept for AKB zero zero forty eight. Um, okay. So he kind of has this really long credits list to him that I look at some things and I go, like Escaflone, and I go, wow, wow, this is awesome. You're awesome, and I want to hug you. And then I look at other things and go, oh, oh, you did, you did that. Mm. And no, one, no one can be great all the time. Exactly, exactly. Not even Miyazaki. Not even Miyazaki. Definitely not. Definitely. That was a bad example. <laughs> so so he's been involved in this. Um, the studio is Satellite, and it's licensed by Sentai Filmworks. And, okay. I'm sorry if this review gets all over the place, but pretty much it's very reminiscent of the anime. So the general plot of the anime is there are these two stars but they're basically planets and they're close to each other and you have the eastern star and the western star and the eastern star is basically feudal japan you have like warring clans and things like that the western star is united under a single empire of king arthur and (laughs) on the western star we start with the very busty Joan of Arc, who is hanging out one day, and Leonardo da Vinci comes up and reads her tarot cards. This sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and Leonardo da Vinci comes up and reads her tarot cards and finds that she has a glorious purpose to go to the western or eastern star so they get on Magellan's spaceship oh my god and and Hitler rides in on a unicorn (laughs) they get on Magellan's spaceship and on Magellan's spaceship she has another one of her visiony things where she's like we have to go right now 
And so Leonardo da Vinci and Joan of Arc get in like this escape pod that has a giant war armor mecha that Leonardo da Vinci made. (laughs) And they go to the planet, the eastern planet. They crash land. Meanwhile, Nobunaga is there and he's fighting and he sees this giant mecha crash land and he gets in and he pilots it. But but there are other giant war mecha already fighting this, in this, his world. This sounds like the history department to a really big university <laughs> got together and smoked a lot of weed and just threw wait, what ifs out. That's <laughs> better. So then the next thing that happens is then we cut to Camelot, which has Caesar and and a couple oh, who was there was Caesar, there was Hannibal there was oh what was the girls I god who cares at this point um, you lost me already so and then arthur is like you can't let them get i don't know we can't let the war i don't something about something with the giant armor and so king arthur sends caesar who goes with his buddy brutus and these two other little kids that for i don't know buddy for now <laughs> buddy for we know now. how that ends <laughs> and with these two meanwhile by the way caesar has like half a mask and he's super bishy (laughs) Um, and meanwhile i'm also going at camelot uh, the camelot table i'm also going i'm pretty sure caesar offered his anal virginity to hannibal i'm i think that happened i know he offered his anal virginity to somebody but anyways and nobunaga works at 31 the ice cream restaurant that's that's managed by the kool-aid guy Wait. and and, dur- and and during the lunch breaks the knights of the round table finished. dance on tables and feed each other ice cream we're knights of the round table we dance whenever able okay um where's jesus is he in this he not yet it wouldn't surprise me so where's noah did he build an ark yet full of like robots no caesar got back on magellan's spaceship so we're still with magellan right now um, where's the guy from 300 Oh my god, can I talk? Leonidas. <laughs> this is Moe. <laughs> so so Caesar's going to the planet and he's not there yet. Meanwhile, Nobunaga is piloting the the giant mech and when it's done, they get on the air this airship that takes them back to the clan headquarters of the Oda clan. And and Da Vinci is like here. I'm going to give you a present for our meeting. And he gives him something, and Nobunaga looks at it and goes, what is it? And Leonardo da Vinci is like, it's a clock. And I'm sitting here going, whoa, 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 whoa. You just piloted a giant mech. Giant mechs already exist in your world. You're on a freaking airship, and you're going, what's a clock? Really? Really? You've never seen a clock before? Bakayaro. We, we we bypassed clocks and went to giant war mechas with samurai swords? That's, that's how it happened? Um, there, but that's that's not fair. There's technology that you don't know. There's old technology that you wouldn't know if you saw it in front of you. But but it's a clock. I know, I know. But it's but a clock. I mean, it looks like a it's, clock. It's analog, right? It's an analog clock? It has hands on it. Right, yeah, it's an analog clock. That's, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I can forgive what? that. Come on. What? Come on. What? No, no, not come on. You come on. Really? I mean, do you, do you think anyone's going to know what a sundial is in uh, 200 more years? All right, yeah. all right, let's speed it up because this anime is garbage. So okay. let's just finish the discussion so, so I can fail it. You got to talk a long time about your show. I passed mine. <laughs> this is going to fail hardcore, so let's just get on with it. Spoilers, man. <laughs> okay. 
So well, have you been listening to the to the yeah, impression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get back, and there's another battle in which Nobunaga is taking out mechs by firing arrows through these little windows and killing the pilots. Um, so that happens. So then I watch episode four. I don't know why. I just wanted to see if it got any better. And and in episode four, Nobunaga gets betrothed to this little girl, and Leonardo da Vinci puts on their proposal ceremony, and it has him using the mech to cut a giant cake with neon lights. Um, not passing. Sorry, Shoji. <laughs> what we've got here is... A piece of shit. Oh. Sounds like a nightmare. No one hurts. No one hurts. All right. So um, next up, there's a little show called Noragami. Uh, this is by Studio Bones, directed by Kotaro Tamura. Uh, this is his first directing gig, but he has worked on Bakano and Occult Academy and was the assistant director on Wolf Children, um, a, a film that we actually reviewed together on this very podcast. Uh, it is based on a manga. So Noragami follows the adventures of Yato, a low-level god with dreams of building his own shrine, and Hiyori, a middle school girl with the unusual ability to separate her soul from her body. So Yato charges a mere 5 yen for his services and frequently writes his cell phone number in public places for self-advertisement. Hiyori is a fan of pro wrestler Tono and copies his moves to fight the various phantoms that she and Yato come across. And when her spirit is outside of her body, it appears to have a tail. This is actually a part of her soul, and if it gets severed, she will die. <laughs> That's very basic. Tale of the soul. Tale of the soul. Connects her, her corporal form to her incorporal form. Um... In episode one, uh, it begins when a schoolgirl in her classroom sees a phantom or a corrupted spirit outside and prays for God to save her. Then Yato, uh, this low-level god, responds to the call and destroys the specter with his divine weapon or Shinki. And immediately following the battle, the Shinki becomes a human uh, whose name is Tomone. And she begins complaining about Yato's sweaty hands and his low status among the gods. And he doesn't have his own shrine and all this stuff. And she quits on his ass. So later, Yato receives a call about recovering a missing person, or so he thinks, called my lord. And my lord turns out to be a cat. And, you know, Yato's chasing the cat across the street and through the city. And uh, this junior high school student named Hiyori appears and saves his life, or so, so she thinks, from being hit by a bus. So, so instead... Hiyori is hit by the bus and ends up in the hospital where Yato comes to thank her in a very actually really hilarious scene where she looks under her covers and he's under there and it's really creepy and she does something that might be the smartest thing I've seen a character do in a show in a long time. She calls the police. (laughs) Wow, really? How novel. You see something terrible and she <laughs> runs across the room, picks up the phone and calls the police or she tries to anyway. And he's like, no, 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 I'm a god. It's okay. <laughs> that's, like, that's like what you wait for in all of the horror movies when you're going, just leave. Just get out of the house. What are you doing? So um, so he, he shows up in her hospital room to thank her and to say that she's the first human to ever save him or, you know, what she thinks was saving him. Uh, and Yato eventually finds the cat, but angers a phantom in the process. And then Hiyori shows up and attacks the phantom using her wrestling move that, you know, from her favorite uh, wrestler, Tono. The god notices the tail behind her and explains that she's stuck between the far shore or the afterlife and the near shore, which is the living world. And her soul can now suddenly leave her body at random, making her vulnerable to phantom attacks and spirits and all this kind of junk. And, and her physical body, wherever it ends up falling, is is uh, vulnerable to physical dangers uh, because it's an unconscious human body, you know, laying somewhere random. 
Uh, so Hiyori asks for the god's help, and he charges her his usual fee, 5 yen. Is it, is it like in a video game where you fire a rock, like a guided rocket missile, and you have to like like control the missile you know, right behind it, and meanwhile your main character is getting like lit up by bullets? Say what now? What, who, who? You said that she can act like, like, like actually project and leave her she, body. Oh, she can, but she can't control it. She like she just pops out of her body. She just pops out at random times. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Or, forgot I, said, or so forgot I said anything. That's all right. Uh, in episode two, it deals primarily with Yato's plight of not having a divine weapon anymore, because as I said in the first episode, uh, his quit on him. And it makes it impossible for him to fight phantoms. So Hiyori decides to help him find a spirit to recruit as his new Shinki. The spirit she finds turns out to just be one of the phantoms, the corrupted spirits, and then they have to escape from it. So Yato suddenly spots an, an uncorrupted spirit and claims it as his, new, as his new Shinki and transforms it into a katana. So Yato is then swallowed whole by the phantom from earlier, but then cuts his way out, killing the creature. The katana takes the human form as uh, his previous one did, Tomone did, and it's, uh, it's a young blonde teenage boy named Yukine who seems very quiet and sad. In episode three, um, Yato and Yukine swindle a free lunch out of Hiyori and then end up at a shrine where they meet Tenjin, who is a high-level god, well, at least higher than Yato, because he has his own shrine. And uh, after suffering the humiliation of being called out for surreptitiously sleeping in Tenjin's shrine and learning that Tomone, his former divine weapon, now happily works for this well-respected deity, Yato is hired by uh, Tenjin, to take care of some spiritual grunt work, so to speak. So he, what he has to do is he has to kill phantoms that influence school-weary, school-aged uh, examinees to commit suicide. Yato's personal philosophy is that anyone who wants to commit suicide should just die, but he doesn't want Hiyori or Yukine to see such a tragedy unfold, so he accepts the job, and after a close call with Hiyori on some train tracks, Yato gets the job done. Uh my thoughts on the show, that's the first three episodes. My thoughts on the show, it's a good-looking show. It's got a decent budget. The action's pretty good. I think the main two characters, Yato and Hiyori, have really, really great chemistry and characterization. Uh, I thought it looked really good just from the trailer. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched any of the actual show, but... Those two in particular are, uh, are, are very fun to watch. They've got a really nice chemistry. Uh, the comedy is actually pretty good because it's carried on the backs of the lead's chemistry, which I think is important for a show like this. Uh, and, and, and it works. It actually does work most of the time. My problem with the show is that the premise is really, really generic and could easily and probably already has oh. fallen into this rinse and repeat ad infinitive narrative, ad infinitum rather narrative. Um, Hiyori's spats of involuntary astral projection, Yukine's death uh, is, is surrounded by mystery. Yato has dreams of grandeur and, you know, Yato's delivery service and phantom hunting is kind of a nice way to stretch all these long-term character goals for as long as the franchise stays profitable. But, you know, at least it's enjoyable. I know that the manga has been going on for three years now and it's still ongoing. So, I mean, this thing could go on forever. And I think it's it's already set itself up to go on forever and just be Phantom of the Week. Let's, what's, what's going on this week? And, I mean, I guess as long as the characters stay interesting... That's fine, but I feel like I've grown out. I grew out of Shonen shows a long time ago. Yeah, and it's it's leaning on that kind of I, formula very, very heavily. I still like Shonen shows, but they have to be really good. I mean, there's a lot of Shonen shows that have sort of for every one show that's like Hunter Hunter. Yeah, to me, there's like ten that just aren't you know up to that level. So I understand what you're saying, but um, you know, 
the first based on the first three episodes, it is an enjoyable show, undeniably enjoyable. And this might come back and bite me in the ass, but this is going to skate by. I'm passing it. It's skating by like the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. It's it's pretty close to the to um to failing, but it's I can't get over the fact that it is just flat enjoyable. It's fun to watch. Well, well there's something to be said for sure. It's it's entertainment. It's fine, and this is kind of a weak. I I, I don't want to be negative, but this is kind of a weak season. It definitely. Is I mean, like I, I said, Wizard Baristas was probably top five for the season, in my opinion, of what I've seen, and it probably wouldn't have made the cut last season yeah. at all. So. So speaking yeah. of a show that's not weak, I don't think at least, I'm going to give my impression on Wake Up Girls. Wake Up Girls is the story of a group of girls who are trying to break into the Japanese idol group business. They are uh, not sponsored. What's the right word? They're signed to their managers a part of a Greenleaves Entertainment Company, which is a tiny production company in Sendai. And it has a... The president of the company is a... Mm, rough around the edges kind of middle-aged woman who gets shit done but at the same time will run off with cash from a job and not be heard from for a week can i just say that she's at the onsen this was my sleeper it is when we was when we did the the season preview i said this was going to be the unexpected hit and and it might be it very well might be um so you have you have that their manager is the only other real employee at the Greenleaves Entertainment Company. And where the show starts is it starts off, the group has already been formed, which kind of surprised me. I kind of expected the first part of the series to be the we need an we need a pianist now and we need a, a girl who's really good at dancing and kind of go through that cycle of we're gonna find each of the characters and there's gonna be like a half an episode for every new acquisition or whatever and maybe you start with like two or three girls but actually the show starts with all of the girls have been scouted and they've done their kind of debut performance and very realistic and and true to form their debut performance was a one song nervous as heck kind of on a stage in the middle of like other things going on during a Christmas thing in a park type of thing it wasn't it wasn't like the we're gonna do our debut performance in Tokyo, you know, like that kind wow. of kind of thing. And a couple people noticed them singing, but no one really cared. Based and this, this guy that directed this, mm-hmm. if I had to just decide if this anime was gonna be good or not for me based on his directing credits, I would have run from run very fast, <laughs> run away. <laughs> Fractale, not good. Kanagi, which is basically a moe show. Uh, Lucky Star, Moe Show, Senyu, Slapstick, sh- Comedy Short. I don't know. But yeah, everybody has their launching pad, so we'll the, see. The series composition was also done by the woman who did Amnesia. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Which I think is up for Worst Anime of the Year. It right? is. Nominated year. for Worst Anime of 2013. And poop scoops. Um, so... Yeah, it, it doesn't. it doesn't have anyone in the staff that makes me go... Oh, you really need to to watch it because of the director. Um, the studio is Ordet and Tatsunoko Production, which I recognize the second one. 
Um, anyways, back to the, the show, though. So that's kind of the first episode. You meet the group of girls. They've had their debut performance, and they're kind of doing that, like, are we still really going to go for this or not? Like, they've had their, they've gotten their toes in the water, and and after the first episode, they basically decide yes. And then the second episode comes, and I get really, really worried about seven minutes into the episode. Why? Because the bikinis come out. Uh-oh. Bust and, out those uh, bikinis. And I'm re- I'm getting super nervous. So basically this other manager comes bullets? in and and he's kind of the, you know, greasy like like showbiz guy and he's saying I got a job for you girls and I it's already set up and but you got to wear these. And his whole thing is he's like, look, all the idols are doing it. And he pulls out magazines after magazines of, you know, idols and and the idol groups of this world, basically the AKB equivalents and things like that. Um, I think it's called I4 or something. I don't know. Um, But he pulls out magazines of all of these other idols who are in the same league that they want to get into doing these swimsuit photo shoots and doing these like swimsuit interviews and things like that. And and so the girls end up doing it. And... That was a moment that the series could have completely lost itself and then it didn't. Because the way it handled it was it handled it in such a way that felt so real and like this was a real problem that that these girls or girls in their position are going to face. Because all of them were like, well, we agreed to do the job. We signed we'd do the job. The job wants us to wear these. We're professionals. We have to, we have to live up to our word. But then on the flip side, it's like the... This doesn't feel right. I'm uncomfortable. I I don't I don't feel right doing this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to sing like this. I don't want my fame to come this way. You know, like that kind of thing. So sounds really honest. Yeah, and and they basically kind of they depressing. performed <laughs> they thought- performed at a health like like at an onsen basically, yeah. like a health club. And and there were a bunch of men there Wait, and they did were- they, was it called a herusu? Um, Did they call it that in the show? I don't if, remember no, the Japanese. Don't even go there, Cram. Well, if she she said they performed at a health. It's not at a. It's not a health club. Well, okay. this is not. The, an, this is not sub- a hentai episode. No, the, I know, but like if they had, if they were forced to perform at like a, a an establishment where men go to come, I mean, that's pretty well, serious. Well, the reason the reason why <laughs> at first I thought maybe yes because only men were in the room, and only only men were the patrons, and it kind of had that kind of real sleazy vibe to it but later in the same building it showed actually who ended up being the 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 owner of the the company she was also there in the same building so i'm not sure i I actually should go back and watch it because i'm not it could be um because the whole thing was that it it this guy is sleazy and then he gets out of their world and then and then they start doing segments on tv in the third episode and and i think what what is the appeal of this show for me is that it feels very real. It It's very, they're not doing like the, we're on the third episode and we're going to go play in Tokyo now. We're already superstars. Like, like they're doing local news segments and they're doing like the gourmet corner and they're having things like the 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 director of the news segment is like, you need to have more words in your vocabulary. You can't say something's good all the time. And 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 they're having those pressures or they're having pressures that they have to yeah, ad-lib be or stupid. memorize lines. And and I think I think there's definitely something to it. And I hope that it I hope that it continues to progress and that it continues to be honest with itself and it doesn't lose that kind of 
focus on on what that world is, what the idol world is, because I think that's the charm of the show. And if they make it something where it ends up being about and there isn't anything in there that right now that would indicate this, but like about a romance or something with one of the girls, if they didn't handle it with the same honesty, it would be very disappointing. So I'm going to pass this show. When the trailer came out, I'm just going to already re- re- reiterate how honest how honest and transparent anime is. When this trailer came out for this anime, it was if if this show was going to be some kind of a bubblegum, cherry flavor bubblegum, you know, moe jump around sugar rush anime, which it very well could have been being a an anime about pop idols, they would have made the trailer more like that. They would have played music that was like, you know, made you feel like you you were going to go insane listening to it because it was so crazy. But instead, they chose a Brahms intermezzo, and nothing in the trailer had any hint of that at all. And so it was pretty obvious to me, because anime it pretty much immediately shows its cards every time, nearly every time. And so I thought this I just had a feeling that, that, that this one was going to be something that people were going to want to watch, because it wasn't depicting itself as something you know that it wasn't in the trailer. And I think so. one of its real strengths, like I said, with its honesty, is that you end up already in episode three i'm really rooting for these girls and it's and it's a very it's not just like like shonen like i want you to beat them and and get their rooting it's kind of that like i want you to find yourself even if you don't become superstars like i want you to to grow and to learn and to have this experience like there's something so far i'd say there's there's a great potential for something very special about this anime. Well, that's good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I ran a poll in the chat to see what people thought about these five animes that we did today. And I, the question was, which anime from this episode should should, should deserve, most deserve to pass? And 73% of the people either said Wizard Baristas or Wake Up Girls. Well, sounds like you guys agree. And 19, that or we're very convincing. And 19% of people said Nor, said Noragami. So virtually no one picked the shows we failed. So I'm happy that the, yes. that the chat agreed with us. Um, on the shows that we passed. And, you so. know, if you're a history major and you're drunk, seriously, if you want a good laugh, watch Nobunaga the Fool. It, it sounds like this is prob- there's probably someone out there that this show is for. It's- Just like Sakura Trick. <laughs> <laughs> there's a show... There's, every show has a certain percentage of the, of the, of the fan base that, that it's intended for. Yeah. And of the ones we showed today, I think Wizard Breasters is probably the... maybe the broadest because it's action, but... Yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem when you're not everyone's going to like Yuri. Cool. Yeah, it, even as as weak as this season is or seems to be, I think the shows that we're getting together are going to make it I, very tolerable. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Like you guys are saying maybe I just got lucky, but I have a good like four four or five shows yeah. so that I'm really I, enjoying. I think we managed to pick the ones out of the dookie, but <laughs> the good ones out of the dookie. Here's the funny thing. Well, actually I shouldn't say this cuz it will, it, will, it will spoil the future passes and fails that we do. All so right. I'm not going to do that. So. Well, maybe you can say it later. This has been episode 212 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous <laughs> podcast. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes, especially if you like us. Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Yeah. Twitter.com forward slash aaapodcast, or you can search at aaapodcast. And Ustream.tv, where we broadcast live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Saturday night. But if you can remember, aaapodcast.com. 
go check it out. Vote in the Anime Oscars. Join the forums. Like us on Facebook. Get all the news and updates and photos from Japan as we get them. Thank you to all of you guys, as always, who join us on the Ustream. It is wonderful to see you and to talk to you, and you make our show that much better. Yeah, it was really nice. We had a fairly large audience today, not almost what, 40 people, so yeah. yeah. Taking us out tonight is the song Blue Topaz from the anime Wizard Barristers by the artist Rui Tanabe. So take care, everybody. Catch you later. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Now that the show is over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime.